This is How We See It, a look at issues that impact our faith and community. For the next few minutes, we'll explore topics with people who are making a difference in our world. Our economy has been in transition since the pandemic and the unofficial recession. Unemployment rates across the country have been relatively low, yet some jobs have had some trouble being filled while others can't seem to get work or even get their foot in the door for an interview. Maybe this might be you. On this edition of How We See It, I'd like to welcome Jim Cassane to the program. Jim is one of the ministry leaders at St. Paul Catholic Church in Tampa who helps with the tweeners ministry. Welcome to the program, Jim. Thank you, John. Uh, The tweeners ministry started at the request of our pastor back in 2006, who was encountering people coming through the confessional that were sharing their anxiety, in some cases grief, over their loss of a job. And his request was a simple one. Is there something that we can do to help these troubled individuals? And with that, we put together a program that continues 16 years today uh, as a weekly ministry to reach out to job seekers and to help them find their way back into an employment situation that they not only can do, but love to do. Uh, John, one of the things that is a challenge in every job market, and in particular today's job market, where there seems to be an insensitivity, we're getting desensitized to mass layoffs of hundreds or thousands of people. It seems that it's in the news on a frequent basis. Right. And job seekers today, thanks to the internet, have many places where they can turn for help. Lots of resources out there on Indeed, Monster, Career Builder, Hot Jobs, LinkedIn, places where they can find guidance on how to create a resume or cover letter uh, or negotiate salary, et cetera. But what I've found is some job seekers who have lost employment, regardless of the reason, there's a different issue that they have to deal with. And that issue is the loss of identity. How so? Losing your identity is a big deal. In our Western culture, people most often when introduced to others identify themselves by who they work for or what they do. It's sort of a prestige thing sometimes. It it is a prestige thing. And it's also an identifier of your career achievement level. Right. And when you lose that, there's a sense of guilt and shame. What do you tell your family, loved ones, friends, relatives, or neighbors? Yeah. And some don't say anything. They try to hide the fact that either a layoff or a downsizing is coming or may have already happened, and it's really not healthy. Right. Others that deal with that situation take the pink slip, and all of a sudden, they're like a ship without a rudder, suddenly adrift at sea. 
What have you seen in trends lately? I mean, we're in this economic downslide, and as you said, uh, back in 2006, uh, that the ministry was created again, right around a recession. Um, are you seeing more people come to your ministry these days? Uh, we're seeing fewer numbers. At the height of the recession in 2008 and 9, we would have sometimes 60 or 70 members mm. show up in our parish hall for our weekly gatherings. The numbers are uh, less than that today, but the need is still there. Oftentimes what happens is people who have tried what seems to be the traditional approach to job search have found that it doesn't work. And in reality, job seekers today in many cases are trying to find work 180 degrees opposite to the way employers actually hire. Well, I was going to ask you that. How, how has that evolved over the last decade or more? Well, to a very large extent. Uh, it, we had a situation where we had a lot of interaction with the job market where if you had decent credentials and a decent resume, you could send it out and you'd get several job offers. Today, largely due to the internet, and if you go out on any of the job boards, they say easy apply here and it'll take a template resume and it send it off to a prospective employer. Employers often get hundreds or sometimes thousands of replies using that technology so over the last few years, what's happened is employers have put a filter in between that process called an applicant tracking system. An applicant tracking system is a way to reduce the number from hundreds or thousands of applicants to a smaller handful that they can look at more closely. That means that the way you build a resume and cover letter in the past will probably not get you that job you're looking for today. So what do we got to do? It, it, well, people have to understand that the job market that's out there right now is looking for very specific, experienced people. They don't have an interest in people who say they are interested or think they can. They're looking for people who have got demonstrated achievements in certain specific areas as reflected in the job descriptions they put out there. Many job seekers do not put forth the effort to tailor individual resumes to specific opportunities. And as a result, their resumes never make it through the applicant tracking system. Mm. They score pretty low. And many of these systems set a bar, you know, 80% or somewhere in that neighborhood of what it is they're looking for. And if the keywords and phrases and experiences of the applicant's resume don't hit that bar, a human brain will never see them. Are you seeing more, I'll say, older employees or past employees come through? Or are you seeing, you know, those in their mid-20s to mid-30s? Are you seeing people come into the ministry that are in their maybe late 50s that 
man, it's awfully hard to get a job because maybe a, an employer, they're not going to tell you there's age discrimination, but they're looking to hire maybe someone a little bit younger so that they can groom them for the next 20 to 30 years. Well, the, uh, the answer to that is four years, we have seen largely a uh, base of people coming into the ministry that have been age 40 and older. Mm-hmm. However, more recently, in the last couple of years, we're seeing a lot of people who have come out of school with undergraduate and graduate degrees. And what they're finding is it's difficult for them to get their first jobs. And because they don't have a track record of experiences by virtue of their own self-assessment, they are at a disadvantage to position themselves with employers that are going to be able to utilize the skill sets that they feel they have. So we see it moving slightly to the younger domain. Older workers have always had a problem in the last 20 years obtaining reemployment many times because of that bias that you spoke of. Older workers in today's society are often stereotyped as not having the technical skills that are required in today's workforce. Right. And the challenge for workers at all ages in all stages of their career is to be lifelong learners and to be able to demonstrate that through their not only work experience, but also what they are doing in their in-between times to keep their skills up to date and to show that they're open to and embracing new ideas and technologies. Yeah. You know, speaking of the technology and the new ideas, we've been hearing this trend lately of you know, back when maybe you and I were coming up, it was like, you got to go to college, go into college or go to military. Today, there's been more of a push for trade workers, people that have a specific skill and they're making really good money. Have you seen any trends from your ministry in that regard? Absolutely, John. We have very few people in the skilled trades that come to our ministry. And the reason is that the skilled trades are not easily outsourced to a third party or to a distant country, the way jobs in finance, healthcare, or IT are. And Joe the plumber is not going to service your needs from Bangladesh. Right. Neither is the fellow that's going to come and repair your roof. These people are working continually and they're making good money. And that's one of the metrics that's being looked at right now across the board in terms of, is that college degree going to get me the kind of decent paying job that I want? And that is an issue that every job agency across the country is looking at right now. There is a problem with that, however. And the problem is the 18 to 35-year-old cohort. These are folks that have grown up thinking that things like construction and manufacturing, those jobs where you get your hands dirty, are undesirable. 
and you need to be working in a professional capacity somewhere. And despite the efforts of job agencies nationwide, and even here in Florida, they're offering certificate programs for people to learn 3D modeling, computer-aided design, robotics, and in many cases, they're not able to fill these classes up, which provide a short paid apprenticeship to learn those skills. And that is a challenge in the marketplace right now. I work with a couple of organizations nationwide and in manufacturing and construction, the two industries that have huge needs, millions of jobs that need to be filled, the job seekers need to understand you can work in manufacturing or construction and you can be working in a industry that needs IT people, analytical people, data management people that are able to utilize your technical skills, but you don't have to worry about putting on work gloves and getting your hands dirty. Right. Yeah, you're not having to swing a hammer or dig with a shovel. I want to talk a little bit about the ministry itself you've got at St. Paul's. We're talking about St. Paul in Tampa. Do you have to be a Christian or a Catholic to attend? Uh, no, you don't. We are interdenominational, and we have been from our very beginning. We have and continue to serve people of all denominations, uh, Christian and non-Christian alike. We have had folks from various denominations, and the ministry is based on the promises associated with New Testament teachings, the teachings of love, self-worth, respect, and those are values that cut across all five of the world's major religions. Mm -hmm. And first off, people have to feel good about themselves, what's in their head and what's in their heart. And when a job seeker goes from being employed to unemployed, a major mind and heart impact happens. As I mentioned, they are dealing now with a cycle of grief and loss. And just like Kubler-Ross in her model, that process is unavoidable. You have to go through it. You have to honor each step. They have to figure out you know, how to get out of the grief cocoon mm -hmm. and be willing to safely step forward. Then they go through a process of confusion and introspection. Where do I go? What do I do? It's very difficult for a job seeker to be able to move ahead if they can't clarify to people around them what kind of a job in what kind of industry they're looking for. So one of the things that's critical in our program is helping people achieve a sense of career clarity. Mm -hmm. Because if somebody comes to you and says, I'm looking for a job, and you say, well, what kind of a job are you looking for? Well, I've got an administrative background and I could do just about anything. That's not really helpful. And the person that they're employing for assistance has a difficult time plugging such a person into an individual who has an opportunity. If they're more clear and focused about the fact that, well, I'm looking for a position on a help desk to leverage my healthcare experience 
that's something that is more actionable. So we help people clarify what it is their background skills, experience, and education give them to point them to targeted areas that have opportunities so they can express themselves more clearly, enabling people to help them. I'm talking with Jim Kassane, who is the ministry leader for the tweeners program. It's a ministry for those that are in between jobs and employment here in the uh, Tampa Bay area. And Jim, let me ask you about info on social media. Let's say I'm, I've sent my resume out to some people and I'm not getting a, a knock on the door or a callback. And I know my resume looks good. And then somebody tips me off. Hey man, you got something on Facebook. That's probably a yellow flag. Employers do go out and, and look at, uh, do a little bit of background on prospective employees, don't they? They absolutely do. And it's a sure bet that for most applicants, if you make it through the applicant tracking system and you get on a short list of, let's say, 15 or 20 candidates, they're first going to look at you on social media and LinkedIn to see a little bit more background about who you are. And that's where applicants need to be thinking about the things that they've posted, the positions that they've taken, the imagery that their social media profile suggests represents them, because that is very clearly looked at today. And if they are careless about that, that can cost them the opportunity to speak to an employer. And the example would be like, if I'm a pastor at a church and I want to hire somebody for my staff, the pastor might just do a little bit of background and see if there's something they've posted on Twitter, YouTube, uh, maybe uh, a body video, you never know. And um, even political ads. I mean, I know we're not supposed to get into politics, but, you know, that is a, a bias. Well, the thing that people have to be sensitive to is the things that you take a strong position on. It may be the use of drugs or alcohol, or certain kinds of relationships or behaviors that are not considered to be desirable in the workplace. If your social media reflects that every time they show a picture of you at a Rays game, you've got a beer in your hand, that sends a message. Right. So you get the call back and HR or the boss, uh, your prospective employer, says, hey, we'd like for you to come in the office and we'd like to talk. What's the dress code? I mean, if it's a, a service job, should you dress a certain way? Or if it's a, um, a banking job, do you dress a certain way? Because I can tell you, just in my personal experience, we've seen a, a more casual look about things in a lot of our industries versus what they were 20, 30 years ago. One of the things that is important today, and it's easily done, is to be able to check out companies on the internet or if it's a local company in person. We suggest to people, if you have a job opportunity with a financial services firm, go to the parking lot at the morning rush hour and watch the way people are dressed going into the place of business and then dress maybe one step more fancy than that 
for an in-person job interview. The same thing also applies to many of the initial interviews that are being done in a virtual setting, Microsoft Teams or Zoom or something of that nature. The imagery that you set today is important for that first contact, which means you have to have your stuff together and you have to, just as importantly, dress for success. And you have to learn that there is a protocol for virtual meetings. And that means little things that people might not otherwise think about. If you're sitting in front of your laptop, make sure your camera isn't pointing upward at your nose hairs. You know, little <laughs> things like this that can be a distraction to an employer are things that the applicant might not think about. There's a whole bunch of new issues that applicants need to be aware of in order to understand that the game has changed. The other thing is the facial expressions and the body language. Employers read an applicant's spirit with that first contact. It's the foundation of any successful job search. They can read a discouraged, burned out, despondent job seeker a mile away. Yep. And if you can't convey a bright, confident image, it's going to be very difficult to climb out of that depressing place you may be, making it difficult to find any kind of job. Jim, in your ministry there, I know it's a volunteer ministry and uh, people can come. Uh, do they have to pay for certain services if they come? No, we we provide a wealth of information and assistance, and there is never any cost associated with it. We provide personalized one-on-one -on -one counseling, documentation on every aspect of their job search, training materials, all of that has always been and will continue to be free. What about if I'm an employer listening to this program, and I know I have some positions open, can I reach out to you and say, uh, Jim, can you let the people that are attending, the job seekers know, that we are hiring for this position or that position? Absolutely. If you want to find out more about the St. Paul's Inbetweeners Job Ministry, you can contact Jim Kassane and their ministry by going to stpaulchurch.com slash 118. That's stpaulchurch.com slash 118. Or just simply Google St. Paul Church Tampa Tweeners, and you should be able to find it that way. Jim Kassane, the director of the Tweeners Ministry at St. Paul Catholic Church in Tampa, has been our guest today, and that's how we see it. Thanks for listening to today's program. This presentation and others like it are made possible by supporters like you. If you'd like a copy of today's program, make comments or suggestions, and to help us keep this important programming on the air, visit myspiritfm.com slash how we see it.